0: guest today is an amazing guitarist bassist singer songwriter producer who worked with john anderson on the amazing anderson stolt album that came out earlier this year he also toured with steve hackett on bass he's a member of transatlantic and the flower kings i'm pleased to welcome back royna stolt royna how are you i'm fine thank you you're posting a lot about kaipa and you got the Prague awards and anderson stolt and all this stuff going on so what's the latest stuff that you're doing
1: uh, the very latest stuff I'm doing, well, today, I just finished the mastering of uh, the, the Kaipa album. So, we finally finished that, or, or I would say, I, I finally finished the mix and mastering of that one. Because nowadays, it's, it's like uh, the software I'm using, it's actually kind of uh, mixing and mastering, it's, it's, it's all the same, you know. Right. moving around stuff. We, we all have our own studios these days. We don't have to go to a big big studio or a mastering facility. We can do it with, with the software. So it's... uh. But um, I did, did that the last two days and before that I was actually on a very short tour with Kaipa, uh, playing a few shows in Sweden. So um, yeah, it's been pretty hectic and before that i was i just returned from london uh, as you may know the the awards thing and I, I was there for about a week because i also had my birthday and uh, I, I wanted it for different reasons I wanted to celebrate it in in london cool. so i stayed there with my wife for a week and uh, it was really nice and relaxing most of the time. <laughs> there were a few hectic things there too because we had some interviews and stuff. But but uh, altogether, it was it was a really nice week, uh, nice weather and everything. So so.
0: Uh, well, very cool. Well, uh, happy birthday! Of course, well, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to about the a little bit about the Prague Awards. Uh, the invention of knowledge is has been. Received really well, I think, and uh, seems to be getting great reviews uh, everywhere. And people really love the album, they love that John is back doing what he does best. Um, mm-hmm. and for some people that maybe didn't know who you were, they're discovering you along the way, which is great. Um, so you know, what was that night like? I mean, any great stories from, from the whole thing and watching John win <laughs> Prague God and all that?
1: Uh, uh, well, not really. I mean, honestly, it's, it's this is I think the third or maybe the third or fourth time I'm there. Um, uh, I think we once we had some sort of a reward for transatlantic album. I can't remember now. I think it, it may have but been for the Kaleidoscope. Vocal. I think so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's correct. That's correct. <clears throat> So I've been there a couple of times, and it's it's a really nice uh, evening, you know, with uh, lots of famous people and and some not so famous people, but uh, also meeting lots of old friends, you know, people that I don't meet too often, and uh, it's you know it's a nice dinner, and there's uh, the 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 awards thing, you know, and people are talking from stage, and there's some music played and stuff like that. But, uh, all together, I think it's mostly like, it's a getting together yeah. with, with people in the, in the sort of the, the prog field or progressive rock field getting together for, for this, this award thing. And, uh, that, that's basically what it is, you know, a celebration of the music.
0: It's nice to have an event like that. I think for the genre like this, that, uh, Gives it some recognition, even even however big or small it is, it's nice, you know. I think it's really cool that they do. Yeah, it. Yeah, and and the thing is, in
1: a way, it's it's. I would say it's. Um, I wouldn't say it's getting bigger, but it's it's. I mean, I mean, looking looking at the the nights I have been there, you know. Uh, there's there's been uh, people like, Tony Banks, Rick Wakeman, uh, Peter Gabriel uh keith emerson bless him he, w- he was there you know not not, not this time of course but right. over the years so so um and and as I, as i said lots of famous people within, within the you know steve hackett of course uh, and uh this year we had john of course and then uh, Trevor Horn got a reward for something. I can't remember now what he got. <laughs> some kind of award. Uh, and uh, what else? We had the Andy Summers from from the police. You know. Yeah, that's one.
0: a wild one to show up there. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, so, that that kind of thing. And it's it's as I said, it's it's more like it's um, the people from from classic rock or prog prog rock magazine. You know, they're they giving us all the opportunity to get together and, and to celebrate the, the music we love and, uh, and make a, a bit of a splash, you know, and, and have something to write about. So, so I think it's all together. And, and also celebrate a few of the newer talents that's, that's coming up, in younger bands and, and young artists uh, that um, are not so well-known but will probably be well-known over time so so I think yeah it's 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 always nice you know and business people of course you know right from the magazines and from the record labels and all that you know
0: you know I want to ask you a little bit about uh, invention of knowledge not how it all came together because everybody's known about that by now and you've done enough interviews about that but Mm -hmm. you know um, for example, the Facebook Live Q&A that for anybody that hadn't seen it, it's it's up on Facebook and you can find it uh mm-hmm. with you and John that you guys did a couple weeks ago. That was that seemed like a lot of fun and he's he's quite a character. Jokes a lot which which many people might not expect. But mm-hmm. you guys didn't really work together side by side on the album and I'm wondering if, you know, was that even the first time you had been in the same room for months before, you know, since even working on the album, right? I mean, you didn't really it was mostly by phone and by email. Yeah,
1: phone and email and and sending files. And then we got together very, very briefly for a photo session in Los Angeles. When I was playing with Steve Hackett, we had a show in Los Angeles. And uh, it just so happened that, that John was visiting um, uh, Trevor Rabin, I think.
0: Right.
1: And uh, so he came down to my hotel and we, we <laughs> spent about an hour taking a few photos. That didn't turn out that great, but, but that's another story. And uh, so that was actually the, the first time we were physically in the same room uh, since we started working on the album.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: crazy, but I think we were in agreement that, that it really doesn't matter because we had sometimes... I mean, we had email communication like sometimes five, six, seven times a day, you know, sending files and it's it's like being in the same room, but not being in the same room. It really, it really didn't matter because, and 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 I think John also said that maybe if we if we had been in the same room, we probably been driving each other crazy, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Could be <laughs>
1: so. so it was easy to stay friendly and, and, you know, civilized, you know, sending emails back and forth and sending files, and it, it really worked, you know, and as he said, I mean, he was getting up in the morning, and then he had something in the mailbox from me, and he listened and got excited, and then he was working all day, you know, and sending stuff to me, and I, I was waking up here in Sweden, you know, and had stuff from John, so... So we yeah, it was it, it's very, very different situation of recording, you know but but absolutely works for me for both of us,
0: yeah, was it talked at all uh you know when you guys got recently got together uh, uh you know that there may be a second album at some point down the line
1: uh yeah, I mean uh, John already sent me stuff <laughs> okay so, so so that that was part of of the uh well, the the meeting we had before the awards night, we had a, a, a dinner and uh, talks. But I mean, uh, just I mean, it's always nice to have a dinner, but but uh, also to talk a little bit about uh, future f- future things, you know, like a second album and possibly live shows and stuff like that. So but as you know, he's, he's now sort of uh, gearing up for the Anderson and Wakeman and Rabin tour. Yeah, that should be. Mar- yeah, of America and then um, Europe, uh, England at least, and I'm, I'm sure other c- cities in Europe too. So, but that, that's that's the beginning of next year. So I think um, once that's that's is uh, underway, I, I'm, I'm thinking that we can start planning. But as far as new music, he already sent me stuff, so quite a lot actually. <laughs> so. So I think that's sort of uh, understood that we, we're about to make a second album. I can't say exactly when and when it will be finished and how we can finish it, but, but uh, I think that we're looking into 2017 at least.
0: Wow, that's great. That's good to hear. Everybody will, will be thrilled with that. Uh, you know, in, in the middle of all of this stuff that happened, you also played bass uh, with Steve Hackett for a, a lot of uh, this past year. Um, you know, talk about doing that and and uh, you know g- stepping away from guitar for for a bunch of shows. Yeah,
1: for a bunch of shows. It was actually eighty five shows.
0: <laughs> that's more than a bunch. Uh,
1: that's more than a bunch. That's that's pretty much. Um, well, the thing is, I actually I, I I started as a bass player. I mean, uh, not professionally, but but in my first school bands, I was playing bass. And uh, it wasn't until I I got into Kaipa that I started playing guitar. So I, I was a bass player, but I also was a pretty decent guitar player. You know, a guy who wanted to play the guitar. You know, and and I had my sound and my my thing. You know, with the guitar, and um, so I I that that became my main instrument, but. Over the years I've been playing bass on and off and I uh, played on my own albums and stuff like that so and, and studio work. So so I, I don't know really. I think it was actually Nad who said that that um uh, said to Steve that uh, they were looking for a bass player and 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 uh, Nad said that uh, well Royner knows all the Genesis material and and uh, he's a really good bass player too, you know.
0: Very cool. Yeah. I caught that one of the shows I um, uh, when you guys were down here in Florida. And uh, oh. yeah, that was uh, that was great. Those shows were awesome. I wanted to ask you a little bit about some Flower Kings and Transatlantic albums that yeah. that you were involved in. Um, and this may be going way back so as best as you can remember but uh, let's. The Stardust We Are is one that I think always comes up when people talk about the Flower Kings, and, and you know, has the song, which which is an important song for the band. You know, what do you remember about making the making of the album? It was early on. It was like the third album. You know, what kind of went on at that time?
1: Uh, I think at that point, I realized that there, there was actually an audience for, for this kind of music out there, outside of Sweden, and maybe even in Sweden. Uh, and I realized there was actually an audience for for my band. You know, uh, people liked seemed to like the Flower Kings, and uh, so that was kind of a, a revelation. Realizing that okay, we can actually make albums and people want to buy them. <laughs> so I think that was probably the spark that got us into making a double album, which uh, "Start as We Are" was a, a, an album full of. I, I, um, I think that I had so many songs and so many ideas, some older ideas that's been sort of just lying there for a while, and I had some new ideas and I was writing new songs. So it was a very creative moment in time for me and uh, a happy one as I remember it. Uh, there may have been a few problematic things with I can remember. I think all the recording went really fine, you know, with the guys and and uh, we were me and Thomas. We were really creative uh, recording the, the album, basically at our rehearsal space, you know, on a on a tape sixteen track tape recorder and a uh, uh, a digital uh, A that kind of uh, recorder that that um, eight track that we uh we were synchronizing to the to the but it all it all went went fine you know and we were and even may have even started using some kind of software you know so it was kind of complicated this was like a transition time when when people went from from reel to reel tape to digital to then fast into the the digital world that we know now with 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 uh, all the software you know the way you can record directly to the software so so the album may have may have been recorded on at least i know for sure on on reel to reel tape and a digital 8 track uh, machine so all that went fine i think uh, but at the time we were coming into mastering the album there were there were lots of problems i think i was trying different things mastering it at different stations with different people a couple of times you know mm-hmm. uh and i don't know if it it um there was always a i mean i i I, w- I would like to go back at some time and and listen to the very original tapes and see what can be improved because i think along the way i think the um, the album at, at times sounds a bit harsh you know and sound wise I think if I went back, I think I could probably make some kind of remastering today with all the fantastic software that we have now.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah. You know, ba-
0: back then, I you know, maybe I wonder if you saw it differently, but uh, it wasn't the scene that there is now. It seems like now there's a new album by some prog group that's amazing. I get one every day. I get five five yeah. every day. It's It's all the time. There's so much music. It's yeah. crazy. I think back then it was... There wasn't that many bands, I don't think, doing this. It was sort of a downtime, right? You had Dream Theater was sort of still mm-hmm. the thing, and they were still early, and Spock's Beard had just made a couple of albums, and Enchant, mm-hmm. you know, and then there was you guys. Did, were you aware of other bands, or was that sort of also just about it, and it was very small?
1: Uh, I
0: was probably at the point where
1: people started sending album uh, albums to me, because I, I remember my old office, I had piles of CDs <laughs> from... <laughs> From bands in in France and Italy, in America, Mexico, etc., they were sending me albums for whatever reason. I don't know why they, they sent me albums, but they did. So I had I had piles of different, uh, and also when we were playing shows, uh, we we played mainly in uh, in Europe at the time. Uh, went down to France and Netherlands and England and etc. etc. and uh, and people. They were giving me CDs all the time, so I, I kind of realized there was actually a, a, a prog scene happening, and people were making albums at home and <laughs> and all that, you know. Right. Besides the Dream Theater, of course, and 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 those guys, you know, Uh And I would say uh, the scene have changed a bit because people know now that that uh, yes, you can make. Uh, you can make progressive rock, and and uh, there is a a small market for it. It's, it's not big, but there is at least some some kind of a market for for the type of music. But uh, also, I think it's uh, it's about uh, not um, sort of going back only to the um, the classic prog or symphonic rock, uh, because nowadays you have younger bands that that blend. Uh, more technical stuff, the, the technical side of prog, instrumental stuff, and and uh, with maybe a more of a rock touch than a symphonic touch or a folky touch that that we had back in the seventies. Yeah.
0: So
1: so so it's it's uh, it's a wider spectra of of of, uh, of different styles today than than it was back in '95, I think yeah absolutely but, yeah but in a way i i would say um of course not every album is is great and it's also it's easier because of the uh, the recording software you have today each and every one of us can make an make an album you know and uh you can claim it's the the new fantastic album, but very few of them are new fantastic albums they they <laughs> There's a few. Well, I mean, honestly, there's a few exceptions. There's there's some really, really, really good bands coming up, and and um, I I I think it's a great thing because uh, there was a time when you actually had to make a demo and you had to go to a a record company and uh, you had to. Have them listen to your music and turn it down. <laughs> right, <and> just <laughs> well, just I, making I
0: mean, a demo was a lot of money. So you yeah,
1: I know, I know, I like know. Very yeah. disappointed, you know. And and there was they would would tell you what's wrong with the music. They would tell you everything what was wrong, you know. <laughs> and 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 you you walk away very disappointed. And then we are making your next demo, and they would tell you the same thing. It was something else was wrong, or you were getting old, or or you can't dance to the music or whatever <laughs> you know there was always something wrong but today it's 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 so much easier for people to express themselves they can make uh, very uh, complicated music in complicated time signatures and without vocals and you know whatever and they can press up their CDs like 300 CDs and sell it to your friends and and if you're lucky you have something going that's that's sort of for a wider audience and uh, which is a wonderful thing, because there's no censorship really from record companies anymore.
0: If you're one of these bands it's mm. it, it's easy now you know where to go, or you can go mm. to the certain Prague websites and the Prague blogs and the you know you can find an audience a little a little easier now, even though you're saying it's a it's a niche smaller scene, but you yeah. you know where to go. you know the people that might like it if it's good which Absolutely. I think helps. About Transatlantic, uh, you, I, I want to talk about uh, Bridge Across Forever because I think mm. the first album was great, but the second album, which came quickly, right right mm. after the first one, was the one where um, – I mean, I think Stranger in Your Soul, which I think is one of the best prog songs ever written uh, mm-hmm. personally on there. So just talk about – coming back you know how that band got together and coming back right away wh- why why did you guys rush so quickly were, was it because there were so many ideas to make a second album or um nah,
1: i think actually i mean we made an album and and uh i think we expected some some sort of success it was i think it was in my mind at least i was thinking okay this is probably going to go down well, uh, because of the, the, the guys in the band, you know, who we were, but also because of the music, I was thinking this is probably going to go down well. I, I couldn't really tell how well it would go down, but, but uh, I think once we, once we had sort of a confirmation from the record company that the sales were really good, uh and we played a few shows uh that weren't to be honest that good because we were really under rehearsed so uh it was a bit of a mess in the beginning but <laughs> anyway yeah i mean honestly it was sure. but um uh, we um i think we felt that why not make a second album you know we have songs we have ideas and and it was uh, probably a year in between I think at least so it, it was um, I think it's a natural process pretty much what we do with or what we did with the flower kings about a year in between albums and uh, and then you have artists that, that take six or seven or eight years between albums which is fine too but but uh, with with four guys you guys in a band it was uh, pretty much easy to just you know book a studio time and say when when are you guys free and when can we make the album so uh,
0: was the writing back then similar to how transatlantic would write today uh you know sending a few ideas in the beginning and then and then over two weeks in a studio bam just knocking it out
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think even two weeks in the studio. I think uh, most of the time just uh, like seven days or five days or something like that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, pr- pretty much uh, um, sending stuff. Uh, basically, as, as Neil and myself are the main writers, have been the main writers in the band we were sending stuff to the other guys and they would sort of uh, listen to it and and uh, make notes of what what sections they would, would would like to record and then we were getting together and uh, and start working on stuff you know and and uh, and Pete usually had stuff coming up with it uh, when we uh, we were coming to the studio so he had stuff and and maybe he played it to me and then i had you know, to, you know, say to the guy, hey guys, Pete had something great, I listened to something yesterday and he had something great, you know. Basically, I would say, yeah, that, that's, that's the way it worked. We were getting together in the same room, uh, listening to tapes and stuff and, and uh, start building the songs. Bit by bit, uh, very much like uh, Neil. Neil had a section, and, and we were rehearsing that bit, and then uh, I had a section, and we were rehearsing that bit and connecting them, and for a while, and then you know, or I would say, oh, hey, Pete, had a great section. Should we try the, this one? And and. Uh, and he put it in, and and then went back to some what Neil had, and then for, for some reason we were, we had uh, lunch or dinner or something, and then we, after after dinner we started jamming, you know. And someone said, "Yeah, that's a great bit, you know. Let's put that in." So it was a very spontaneous uh, process of, of of writing, really, where no one really knew uh, what the song structure would be in the end. We were just you know going along and and. See where, where the music <laughs> taking
0: us. Some artists have a, a career where they, they're they in the one band, and that's all they do for 40 years, right? And then uh, a lot of prog guys, and you especially, um, you know, have a lot of bands. You go from one project to another. and Is that... Um, is that out of out of uh, boredom? Is that out of uh, y- you always want to be working? Uh, you know, if a, if a project, if you got a phone call this afternoon from you, who knows? I mean, you just, you do you take that as a as a new band to try an album? How does it work?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say I'm 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 always open to to new uh, new projects or new ideas or new people to work with because uh, I think I mean you said, uh, do I get bored? Yeah, sometimes I get bored working with the same people. And uh, do I have a lot of time that I need to fill with something interesting to do? Yes. <laughs> That's true. That's true too. I mean, uh, well, I, I love working with music, so yeah. and I'm curious and I, I wanted to uh, to develop my skills as a writer and as a producer and I, I I'm, you know, just curious what, what can be what can be done, you know, and, and I always see uh, see uh, something new uh, coming up, you know, around the corner, something unexpected or um, some sometimes it's just like I need to create something, I need to talk to a few people, you know, and say, I ah, should be put together a band and... And uh, sometimes just a project, you know, uh, something I want to do, uh, something I wanted to do for a long time, and let's just do it. I did a, a fusion project uh, some four or five years ago with some of the guys from from Flower Kings and um, Jonas on bass, and uh, we had a couple of other people. We had Dave Weckel on drums from Chicoria's band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a completely different, and a sax player, and, a, and a, um, a French or African percussion player, uh, and that was a completely different uh, kind of music, I would say. Um, very, uh, very easy to record. Very, um, very, very different and interesting, and something that I. I wanted to do not as a project, not a, like a, like a big touring thing that that should be going on for for ten years or something like that. But something that I just wanted to do it. I w- just wanted to try to 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 write and to to expand my horizons a bit, you know. Yeah. Doing so so um, and th- there's other stuff th- that I that I want to do in the future and that I I want to try. And uh, so I'm probably going to go on and, and, and do different things, you know, and, and that means I'm ending up in an awful lot of bands and <laughs> making an awful lot of confusion for people. And, oh, he's not in the Beatles anymore. Oh, <laughs> working with guys in the Rolling Stones. Or he's going to play tambourine with Bruce Springsteen. Or,
0: That's, so, uh, yeah, sure. Hey, listen, anything uh, more music is better. I think everybody likes that. And yeah. uh, and it keeps it fresh. So, uh, listen. That's all I got, man. Um, thanks for for giving me a few minutes. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk again at some point about one of your many bands.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you uh, see you around. Okay. All right, man. Thank, thank, you. thank you. All right, bye. Bye bye. Thanks to Royna for the interview. For upcoming news and interviews, please check the Com. Follow us on Facebook at theprogreport on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks. Thank oh, you.